Hi, welcome to our Spirit-Filled Church series. This morning we're going to be looking at something that's going to be foundational to us over the coming weeks as we unpack this series about the Holy Spirit indwelling us, the people of God. This morning I want to uh, look at four verses from the book of John, chapter 14 in the Christian Standard Bible, and I'm going to read those verses to you now, and I want you to listen and hear what they say. If you love me, you will keep my commands, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever. He is the Spirit of Truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him. But you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you. Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Home is a theme that runs right through the Bible. From the beginning in the Garden of Eden, where Adam and Eve walk with God, um, it's a beautiful moment where God comes and presences himself with them, draws near to them. We see in the book of Exodus, we see how God comes and encamps with his people, the people of God. As they're going through the desert, God is, his presence is in a tent, a tabernacle with them. In the book of Chronicles, we see King David planning to build a house for God, a temple for God. Uh, David doesn't build, but his son Solomon does. And, and then we see God come and God's presence come and his glory fill uh, the house of God. Beautiful moments where God comes and presences himself with his people. And yet on every occasion, it gets spoiled because of our sin. The Bible calls it our sin, our rebellion, our going our own way. So from Adam and Eve right through, uh, uh, somehow it gets messed up. And yet God has something better for us. Uh, it's all a foreshadowing of a day when uh, King David's greater son, Jesus, would come. And Jesus would come and be born a man. And he would, he would uh, uh, create a a people, a home for God, a place where God would dwell by his spirit. And so as we're unpacking this series, we are looking at the spirit filling God's people, his church, the spirit filled church. I remember uh, when I was doing my maths A-levels, pure maths A-levels, I wasn't very good at it. And uh, I remember I had a friend, Hugh Phillips, uh, uh, we call him Dillis, and Dillis was a real help to me. And so whenever I had homework to do and I couldn't do it, Dillis was the one who uh, helped me. Um, and uh, when it came, I'd get to uh, maybe get to school, get to uh, uh, be in a lesson, and the teacher would ask a question. Dillis would often be sitting next to me, and he'd write the answer on a piece of paper, and I'd I'd uh, be able to look as if I knew the answer. And it all went swimmingly. Where it all went really well until the moment the exam came. The exam came, and suddenly I was on my own. It was the longest three hours of my life. And it didn't go well. We're reading uh, uh, through the book of 
John and we're reading uh, uh, about Jesus with his disciples. They've been with him for three years. They've walked with him. They've lived life with him. And then suddenly Jesus drops the bomb. He's leaving. Wow. They're shocked. Jesus says to them, he says, it's for your benefit that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the counsellor will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. Jesus is leaving and his promise is that if he goes, he will send the Holy Spirit to come and be with them. This is what God had promised through the Old Testament. We read it in the book of Ezekiel that God promises he's going to pour out his spirit and his spirit will come and indwell people. He will give them a new heart, a spirit filled heart. It's the promise of God. This is good that Jesus goes. Jesus says it's better for them. It's a benefit to them. Really? How can that be? When Jesus was with them, the storms were calmed. When Jesus was with them, the oppressed were set free. When Jesus was with them, the dead were raised. When Jesus wasn't with them, the storm carried on. The oppressed remained oppressed and the dead remained dead. How could it be better that Jesus was leaving them? They didn't understand Humanly, it made no sense. So here's the first thing that we need to grasp. Home is telling us about the presence of a person. I'm sure you've all seen the film Star Wars. It's a great uh, series of films. And there's a bit in it where Yoda, uh, one of the characters, says, Ah, Skywalker, the Force is strong in you. I mean, that's a terrible, terrible uh, impression, I know. Um, but uh, there's this sense that uh, the Holy Spirit is just like that, like the force is the, uh, an impersonal power, an it. Well, that isn't the case. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. The Bible talks about God in three persons, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. The Father uh, has always been the Father. The Son's always been the Son. And the Holy Spirit has always been the Holy Spirit. They are all God at the same time. They are equal, yet have different roles. The Bible is really clear on this. God is three persons, one being. And uh, as we read through the Bible, we see that uh, this God, the triune God, created the heavens and the earth. And we see all three involved in the creation. The Father plans it. The Son, the, the Word of God, the Logos, the spoken Word of God, uh, he's involved, we're told, in creation. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is moving on the waters. We're told that the Holy Spirit is outworking uh, the plans of God, the Word of God. Likewise, uh, in 
uh, salvation in uh, God's great plan of our rescue, rescuing us from uh, our sin, the things that we do wrong to enable us to come into relationship with him. Uh, God is at work, the trying God is work. It's the plan of God, planned uh, from the very uh, beginning of time. In fact, before the foundation of the earth, our salvation was planned. God planned it. God's plan involved the Son coming and being born of a virgin. And the Virgin Mary was, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit came and overshadowed her and caused her to conceive. And Jesus was born and Jesus lived a perfect life, uh, an obedient son, obedient to the Father. And the Holy Spirit came on him and empowered him and equipped him and filled him to do and complete the will and purpose of God. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is a living personality. You see, this wasn't just a substitution, substituting Jesus for the Holy Spirit. This wasn't just a switch over. No, here's the key. When Jesus walked the earth, he could only ever be in one place at one time. We read a story uh, in the Gospels where Jesus encounters a, a woman who's had an issue of blood. And she's had it for years and years. And there's a moment where she presses through a crowd and, and touches Jesus' garment. And he says, who's touched me? And at the time, he's traveling to Jairus's house. Jairus is the synagogue ruler and his daughter is dying. Jesus can't be in two places at once. He has to deal with the woman with the issue of blood before he goes to Jairus's house. That isn't the same with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes and indwells each one of us if we put our trust in Jesus all at the same time. And so we're told on the day of Pentecost, all of them, the whole uh, all of the believers were filled with the Holy Spirit at the same time. The Holy Spirit came on all of them. You see, the Holy Spirit is a person. We're told the Holy Spirit is a counsellor. He's our helper. He comes to help us and uh, enable us to live for God. The Holy Spirit helps us comprehend the will of God, the purposes of God. He uh, brings and makes God's word come alive to us. The Holy Spirit reveals Jesus to us. He helps us understand more of the majesty of Jesus Christ. How do we get to know the Holy Spirit? How can we know the Holy Spirit? Well, the easy answer is, we need to read the Bible. We need to uh, understand the Bible because the Bible tells us all about the Holy Spirit. We're told Jesus, Jesus tells us he is the spirit of truth who comes to lead us into all truth. He only ever speaks what he hears the Father saying. So the Holy Spirit will only ever speak to us what the Father is saying. As I've said, he, he reveals to us the mystery of Jesus, the wonder of who Jesus is. The Holy Spirit enables us to worship the Father and to worship the Son. He makes the word of God come alive to us, but he also speaks supernaturally to us. 
But whenever he speaks to us, it's always in line with the word of God. I don't know about you, but in these mornings recently, I've been uh, out in the garden and I tell you, I've been struck by the dawn chorus, listening to the singing of the birds. They have always been there. But somehow in this season, my hearing has become attuned to hear their sound. I'm amazed at the noise and the variety and the singing. We need to be attuned to hear the Holy Spirit in these days. God, the Holy Spirit, wants to speak to us. He is a person who wants to communicate with you and me. When we're in lockdown, when we're on our own, God wants to speak to us. The second uh, thing that I want to draw out is that home tells us his presence is permanent. Jesus promised that he wouldn't leave his disciples. He would be with them. And then suddenly he's going. He's telling them he's going. But when he goes, the Holy Spirit comes and takes up permanent residence in the disciples. It's a wonderful, wonderful moment on the day of Pentecost. It's why Jesus could say that he would be with them to the very end of the age. It's why God the Father could say, I will never leave you or forsake you. We read that in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. You see, when Jesus said, we will come to you and take up residence in you, which is what essentially what we read in the passage at the beginning, what Jesus is saying is that he and the Father come by the Spirit and dwell within us permanently. And so I want you to understand this. When each one of us comes to faith, when we put our trust in Jesus, we've only done it because the Holy Spirit has already been at work in our hearts and lives. We can't come to faith without the Holy Spirit being already at work in us. But when we put our trust in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells with us and fills us. It's a beautiful thing. And so that's why in 1 John chapter 4, verse 15, it says this. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him and he in God. You see, Paul tells us in Ephesians that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit when we come to faith in Christ. He says that the Holy Spirit is a down payment, a guarantee of our, our, our inheritance of what God is going to do, that we are saved and we belong to him. We are sealed in the Spirit, Paul says. And so the beautiful thing is when we come to faith in him, the Holy Spirit dwells in us. But the New Testament is written to churches and so there's a, a wonderful corporate application of this, that the Holy Spirit dwells among us as a people, people who love Jesus, people who follow God, Jesus' disciples. We are people of the Spirit. God comes and dwells among us by his Spirit. And so when we gather together He's amongst us. That's why we're told in Hebrews not to give up the habit of meeting together because the Holy Spirit is amongst us as we gather. There's a, it's a beautiful thing. That's why as we meet together and when we encourage one another and we 
stir one another up in our faith, the Holy Spirit comes powerfully and moves between us and among us. But when we're isolated and when we're on our own and when we're in lockdown far from other people and maybe not having contact, know this, the Holy Spirit, God, is still with us. He doesn't abandon us. I want you to listen to what Paul says. Paul is in a Roman prison. He's on his own. Everybody has left him and abandoned him. And I want you to listen to what he says. It's in perhaps one of the darkest moments, but he writes uh, 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 this beautiful thing in to Timothy. He says this, no one stood by me. Everyone deserted me. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Did you hear that? No one stood by me. Everyone deserted me. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. God's presence will strengthen you in this season. The third thing I want to draw out is home reminds us that his presence needs to be pursued. I want to read this quote from A.W. Tozer. Over against this cloudy vagueness stands the clear scriptural doctrine that God can be known in personal experience. A loving personality dominates the Bible, walking among the trees of the garden and breathing fragrance over every scene. Always a living person is present, speaking, pleading, loving, working and manifesting himself whenever and wherever his people have the receptivity necessary to receive the manifestation. You see, the Holy Spirit's presence in us is proof that God wants relationship. God has always desired intimacy with you and with me. He never changes. He is always the same. Unfortunately, the problem is with us. Unfortunately, we drift away. We turn away from God. The Holy Spirit dwells within us, but somehow we put up barriers and we stop his working in our lives. You see, the Holy Spirit is a person we're told that the Holy Spirit spirit can be grieved. His presence can be grieved. You can only grieve a person. We're told that we can quench or suppress or extinguish the work of the Spirit in our lives. The Spirit still dwells within us, but somehow we can suppress what he's doing by putting up barriers, by putting up walls in our lives, by not trusting him when we should, by not listening to his voice. Paul calls the Galatian believers in chapter 3 of Galatians foolish. He says, you foolish Galatians. Why does he do that? Because they had started with the Spirit, but had moved to start trusting in their own understanding and their own cleverness instead of following what the Spirit said. And Paul says, you're foolish. Why are you doing that? It's such an easy thing to do. I know because I do it 
all too often myself. All too easily, the Holy Spirit is my last resort, not my first thought. It isn't the way that God wants it to be. The Holy Spirit wants to be with us and relate to us and have relationship with us and walk with us, which means that we need to be sensitive to his voice. We need to learn to walk with him. We need to pursue relationship with him. There's a, a, there's a bit in uh, Revelation chapter 3 in verse 20 where we read that Jesus is knocking at the door of the church in Laodicea, wanting to be let in. He is outside his church, wanting to come in. And at the end of that little, uh, that, those few verses, it says, uh, talks about hearing what the Spirit has to say to the church. It is so easy to exclude God from what we're doing. We have good ideas, but they're not God ideas. God wants us to be a people who are sensitive to his voice and hear his voice. So how do we pursue the Holy Spirit's presence? Jesus said we need to ask. We need to invite him in. But he's already in our lives. Yes, but we welcome him in. We open the doors of our heart, open the doors of every part of our lives to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and flood us. And we do it every day. You see, God can be among us in a Zoom prayer meeting as well as he can be in our bedrooms, in our lounges, as he can be with you this morning. As you're sitting watching me on a TV screen, the Holy Spirit is with you and he wants to speak to you. He wants you to be open to hear what he's got to say to you this morning. We need to invite him in. And as we invite him in and as he comes in, things happen. People are impacted. I've noticed in this season, every day at this, this moment in time, uh, my wife Annie is asking the Holy Spirit every day to come, inviting him in and say, Holy Spirit, lead me today. Help me contact the right people. Help me be in touch with the right people. And I want to tell you, at the end of every day, we have a bit of a debrief over a cup of coffee, cup of tea. And she tells me about encounters and she says things like, it's extraordinary. I had this conversation with this person today. And what I said just landed at just the right moment. How can that be? It's because the Holy Spirit is at work. You see, we need more of the Holy Spirit. Our greatest mistake is thinking that we don't need him in our lives, thinking that we can do without him, that we're in control. No, 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 no. We need his presence. And the evidence that we need his presence more in our lives is, is the fact that our lives are so often dominated by striving, judgmentalism, control, anxiety, fear. When we are like that, it's a sign that we need more of the Spirit, more of His Spirit, because when God, we know God's presence with us, God's presence brings peace, God's presence brings freedom. That's why when Paul, writing to the Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, he says, don't get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit. 
His answer to getting drunk isn't a 10-point plan to follow. 10-point plans can be good, okay? But his answer is this. Don't get drunk on wine. Be filled with the Spirit. He commands them to be filled with the Spirit. And so God wants us to be a people who open the door to our hearts every day. Holy Spirit, come and fill me. Come and equip me today. You see, too many genuine followers of Jesus know little of the Holy Spirit's moving in their lives. God doesn't want that for you. Listen to what 1 John chapter 4, verse 13 tells us. This is how we know that we remain in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. Finally, home speaks of his presence involving partnership. I don't know about you, but if you've ever seen one of those one-man bands where, um, I don't know whether you, what you thought about the worship this morning, but uh, it wasn't Joe playing all those instruments. It was different people in different place, places, in different houses, doing different things. Uh, but a one-man band is playing all the instruments himself. And to be honest, frankly, it's exhausting. Uh, it, isn't, uh, it isn't the way that God wants it to be for us. You see, when we substitute uh, the Holy Spirit's uh, walking with us and we try to do it all by ourselves. When we substitute uh, him walking alongside us for us trying to do it all ourselves, uh, it becomes about performance. It becomes about our performance. Being filled with the Spirit doesn't mean that we have to try harder, that we have to do better. It isn't about us being weird. It isn't being uh, controlled by an outside force that causes our arms uh, and legs to move like something from a Thunderbirds uh, episode. The Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us to help us be all that God created us to be. He doesn't come to fill us with joy so that we uh, run around laughing like hyenas. The Holy Spirit comes to fill us in the midst of the deepest, darkest moments and work in our hearts so that we can know a deep joy from God despite the circumstances. He comes and works alongside us. The, super, uh, the supernatural power of God through the Holy Spirit impacts our natural emotions in a genuine and in a meaningful way. If we let him. The key is partnership. You see, in these days of anxiety and fear that seem to be gripping us as a nation, gripping us about what the future holds for us, will we have a job when we come out of this lockdown? These things are natural concerns. But God is with us. And if God is with us, we don't need to be afraid of what the future holds for us. We daily give our anxieties and our burdens to the one who is our helper. We say, Holy Spirit, help me today. Help me with these fears, these anxieties. I feel overwhelmed. Help me today. The Bible says God daily carries our burdens in Psalm 68. The Holy Spirit reminds us of everything that Jesus said. 
Listen to what Jesus said. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Remember how Jesus was with his disciples on a boat in a storm. Sometimes Jesus woke up and quietened the storm. Sometimes Jesus was asleep. Sometimes the disciples wondered whether he was even aware of what was going on. But through it all, he was there. He never left them. At this moment in time, for some of us, we know incredible peace as God's with us. For some of us, we are struggling with all sorts of emotions. He has not left you. He is with you and he wants us to be a people who partner with him. Ask him every day, Holy Spirit, come and be with me. The Holy Spirit promises to walk with us. That's what Paul says to the Galatians. We need to be those who learn to walk with the Holy Spirit. He wants us to learn to keep company with him. So as we draw to a close this morning, the Holy Spirit is a person. He's a loving, loving friend. And he is with you permanently. He never leaves you. Stays with you. Even when you feel you're on your own, he's there. He wants us to be those who pursue his presence. Don't settle for little. Be people who are hungry for more of his presence. Holy Spirit, come and fill me. Let that be your prayer every day. Come and be with me. Learn what it is to partner with him. Co-work with him in all that's going on around you. Today, I sense that God is speaking to us about walls. Walls have a good connotation and a bad connotation as you read through the Bible. Walls are there for protection and to keep us safe. But sometimes we read of walls in the Bible that are to keep God out. And you see that with the story of Jericho in the Old Testament. The walls were trying to keep God out. Listen, I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to each one of us this morning. Are there walls in our lives that are keeping him out? Are there walls of fear and anxiety? Doors that we won't open to him because we're so fearful. Maybe it's in our attitudes of judgmentalism. We can be so judgmental about other people and things we see in others. The Holy Spirit doesn't want us to be like that. He wants us to allow him to come in, to break those walls down and to set us free. God wants us in this moment to examine our hearts. Are there walls that need to come down?
the prophetic promise in the book of Zechariah, chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, is that God wants us to be a people of no walls. His promise is that he will come in and dwell amongst us and his glory will be amongst us. His presence will be amongst us. God wants us to be a people of no walls. Will you respond to him this morning? In the privacy of your own home, as you watch this, I want to ask you to invite God to come and break down walls for you. In a moment, Joe is going to lead us in a song, Spirit Break Out. talks about walls coming down. And that's a prophetic song that we, I want to encourage you to respond to. God, come and set me free. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Help me in these days to be all that you want me to be. Maybe this morning you uh, would like someone to pray with you. Well, if you're in the church, you can go to the email we sent you earlier in the week and you can click on the, the link to Zoom and uh, someone will meet with you and pray with you online. But as we draw this morning to a close, I'm quickly going to pray and then Joe's going to lead us. And where you are in your own home, expect, anticipate God the Holy Spirit will come and meet with you. Holy Spirit, we simply say, come. Come and fill us afresh. May we know your presence in a powerful and rich way. We love you. We thank you for your presence. Come afresh to us. Take our walls down. Set us free. In Jesus' name.